This is the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. Does it classify you as an adult to own an umbrella? What's the other one you use? Grubhub or something? Grubhub? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not getting it for you. So now he's the yawn guy? This is the BMB Network, and you're listening to episode 50 of the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. How's it going, Riley? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Did a little switcheroo on you there. Not so bad. You know what I, I I will say? We are your hosts, minus Matt. Matt is not here. We today. are a three-man show tonight. Some would say weird. the three amigos. Maybe. Alpha Team 3. <laughs> the 85. <laughs> 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 the 85. Uh, what's new? It's uh, great to be back in the studio. What do you guys know? Froze my ass off on Saturday. I froze my ass off since last like Friday. It's been cold here in Montana. The snow finally came though. A little bit, definitely uh, more where the guys' trip was than here in town. But but. the thing was, is the entire time leading up to the ice fishing trip we just did, we were trying and hoping. uh, We're trying to decide if we need to bring machines or not, because it was no, it was forty degrees and no snow. Which, hindsight, looking back on it, the 14 inches that were on the ice, it definitely did not snow 14 inches when we were there. I would say maybe 10. So, realistically, there probably was four or five inches on that ice up until we got there. Probably. Well, it kind of sucked because, like, there was a slush layer on the edge and you'd pull it and get tired and stop and that slush would freeze to the bottom of the sled. And then it was like pulling an iceberg underneath the sled. I think what we also didn't account for is uh, the fact that the lake was low. So we did like an entire like 150 yard march with, I don't know, we must have had more weight in the sleds than we anticipated because it was, it was me and Sean, Ramsey and another guy on two different sleds pulling it all their might to go like 25 yards at a time. And then you got to where you thought, you're like, oh, this is looking like a real good spot to uh, to set up. We're right on the end of this point. We're equal with the other houses that are doing about what we would assume 15 to 20 feet, 25 feet. And Sean starts shoveling snow, and he's like, uh, I think we're still on ground. <laughs> <laughs> we're still on land, boys. <laughs> and uh, so we ended up – didn't have to go that much. There must be a pretty good ledge there because – I think we didn't the water, have to go. I think the water was really low. Yeah, we didn't have to go too far to really do, you know, start drilling holes. But it no. sucked. I'm going to be honest with you. It did suck dragging that in there. I think, you know, a lot of it, too, is we could have – we definitely had the conversation of figuring out, did we have too much weight? But, like, looking back, we had essentially everything we needed. Well, what did you – what did you – what have you been working on mentally ever since this trip um, for, like – the strategy you have for ice fishing now? Uh, never going without my snowmobile is the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, but you had talked even about uh, um, like simplifying your setup to where you don't have to have all that stuff, right? For sure. Like basically making it efficient because that was the biggest problem because I said, I said the same thing when uh, – Riley and I were in the ice house and basically we had this conversation about, did we bring too much stuff? And looking back on it, it was, we like Riley said, 
we have to have, you know, 15 pound propane tanks if we're going to be out there all day and it's negative five degrees. We don't want to run out of propane because then we'll just leave and the trip's over. You know what I mean? Well, and uh, there's also like a point of it where like if we didn't have the propane we had, we were about to freeze anyways because I got that new quick flip and it's just not rated for that kind of weather. Like we were, you and I were like genuinely cold. Well, and I thought about it and I was like, I know I really wanted to use my new heater, but we probably could have swapped and you guys would have been a lot warmer and I would have been just as fine. That is definitely true. But the whole thing about the the sled weight, because like when we were pushing out there, we were plowing the snow, not gliding on top of it. Yeah, right. That was our problem because we would hit, and it wasn't even drifts. It was just 14 inches of snow on the ice. So and tell me this. Does... I've been seeing a lot of guys, and I don't remember what they call them. They call it some some special name for the sled variation, where they put like a a suspension under, like a makeshift suspension, where it's out of whether it's out of wood or metal, and then they put like like a ski, like a legitimate oh, snow yeah. ski. I, on. I think it would have worked a lot better because, the, like I said before, the problem you were having is the snow was freezing to the bottom of it. Whereas if you'd have been up on skis, the bottom would have been off and you'd only had the area of the skis that would have been touching the snow. You know, but common logic too, we could have just put all the weight in the back and probably been fine. I did notice that, that if true. you held closer to the sled and kind of picked up the front, it was well, a lot the better. The one that Riley and I were pulling had both the propane tanks in it and they were both in the very front. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, the after you had mentioned that to me the other night about simplifying, I was like, first thing I'm going to do, is I'm going to get rid of the quick flip. It's just not It's not practical for what we do. It's not. Gonna, and depending, cause this all depends on, like, if we we would do a majority of ice fishing together, but it's not guaranteed that we would always go together. But what I'd like to do is either you have your big sled or I would get another one, and then all we'd have to do is legitimately have two ice huts and a sled, and then the other sled have like the gear, and that's it. You know, in hindsight too, we could have just brought my insulated sled <coughs> or insulated uh, house, and you and I would have been just as good as those. As you yeah, I remember when me and you took that out. We ha- I had those foldable chairs, and they like fit perfectly against the back side by side. His his is just a tad bit smaller than it's mine. shorter and a little narrower. Yeah. Well, all I know is sitting on that bench in there, with Sean, and. It was 30 degrees Saturday morning when we started fishing. It was the start of the cold weather. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, it would slowly just start getting colder throughout the day. And I remember you could watch the inside of the ice hut. And in the middle of the day, from the ice hut going, it was wet around where the heater was. And then slowly as the day progressed... It was just like ice was creeping along the wall of the tent, mm-hmm. and then the whole thing was just white. And then right around the edge of the heater, it was it was open. Yeah, I didn't have that problem. Yeah, it was cold. It was cold. At any given time, it was probably eighty degrees in my eyes. We rather than I would keep shuffling over to theirs, and but the, I noticed the colder it got, the more I saw you guys. But the, I couldn't stay in that thing for very long. Well, why don't why don't you tell everybody about like what was the strategy for? Um, I'm just going to say right away, uh, Saturday morning, we 
basically didn't even have a single bite, or maybe you did one, or was that the yeah, was that early, when we came back early when we got there, like almost right away. And there was some other guys there that had gotten some trout in shallow water, but we had no bites or anything. So we decided, like you know, it was noon or noon or twelve thirty or something like that we're like, hey, let's go, let's go back to the Airbnb hang out and then we'll come back later and try to hit an evening bite and we'll stay even into the dark because we've heard the ling's been pretty ling fishing's been pretty good. So we didn't catch shit all morning. What what was the strategy that we all had when we came back? Uh you know, how did we run everything once we came back? Bait I think was a big thing because I, I can't what did you? What were you using when you had that bite that morning? I had uh, it was just the head of a herring. So, because I know Nick had mentioned that he might have thought he had a bite earlier in that day too, um, using mealworms. And at one certain point, when we because we didn't mark a whole lot that morning, and. I, at one point, I mean, I truly thought we were on a perch had moved in just to school because you could see, you know, small marks come up and they would follow kind of, they would come off the bottom probably six inches and then come back down. And we weren't really at a super good depth for perch because, I mean, we've caught perch in that same lake at 45, 50 feet. Yeah, it was way deeper. Um. I mean, I guess it could have been because there is a lot of smaller size walleye in there. Could have been. Could have been. Um, So when we didn't mark very much, I rolled through every bait that we brought. And I didn't go through my entire tackle box, but I was swapping a lot. And I I think our game plan when we got back was we kind of threw out the idea of targeting one species. Mm -hmm. And... Kind of, because like when we got back, Riley and I set up some tip ups. Um, tried a different bait that actually I don't think either of us had thrown on at all that day. Uh, they were a little bit deeper than what we were jigging at. Um, and I think really at that point, I mean, as soon as like six thirty, seven o'clock rolled around, it was like it's ling time, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all. Because I marked quite a few, honestly. Once it started getting dark. Well, you get were, a lot of you were the first one that had anything happen at all inside the tent yeah I, I mean I was talking with Christian who was sitting with me in my ice house and all of a sudden I see him look down at the flash and I look down at flasher and you could see my lure like it hadn't moved because I was dead sticking there's just a giant red line. Can you, can you tell the folks what dead sticking is for those that don't know? It's where you're just not jigging. You have it in a holder and it just sits there. How grandpa taught you how to fish with a lawn chair. Yeah. Right. It's like bobber fishing kind of. And there's this big red line that's kind of moving up and down. And I was like, oh, there's a fish. And then all of a sudden my pole is just like doing this. I'm like, Oh, cool. Go to set it. Nothing there. Disappeared off the face of the earth. But, we didn't move. That was a big issue, too. We yeah, I think yeah. It was too, I think we were just like too cold to want to to do anything other than stay where we were at. And the hike out there, because I mean, we'll get into it a little later. But the machines didn't show up till later, so it was. Right. It I mean, it was brutal. That 150, 200 yards <laughs> that we trekked those things through there. I mean, it would. I was been- worried about not getting my workout in, and then like 
halfway through our walk, I watched Ding and it's like, you've hit your workout goal for the day. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sean and I were like, uh, we were doing like motivational speaking to ourselves. <laughs> like we can fucking do this. <laughs> No one's going to fucking stop us. And we- Who's going to carry the boats? <laughs> <laughs> I said that so many times. <laughs> Dude, it was it was heavy and hard enough that I remember uh like we had to literally like have this I had the strap on my shoulder, Sean had it in his hands. And I we had to like run at it just to get it to move. And there'd be times where you try to get it to move and you're like uh, uh, and nothing would happen, but we'll get I mean we've talked enough about dragging it out there. Um so you missed a fish. Was it moments later that we had the first like real action of the whole trip? Oh, or was yeah. it hours it was later? Like 20 minutes after that. So it's probably 7.30 at night, dark, getting real cold. And you guys had, was it was it notice on the flasher first or was it pole action? Well, so I'm sitting there and we're just talking still back and forth. You know, there's nothing to do in an ice house but bullshit. And uh, it's dark in there because I didn't have a light. Catch fish. I didn't. Uh, well, Sean, yeah. Sean and I had a light. We were we were professionals. I didn't have my little ceiling light, and so I mean, the only light you're getting in there is from the the buddy heater. So it's just a you know a orange glow and the disco from the flasher, right? Yeah. And then uh, Christian was like, "Did my pole just move?" So I shine, shine the flashlight out on it and never move. And I was like, "Oh, watch pole never. You never see it." And uh, so I turn the light back off and we go back to talking again. And pretty soon he's like, dude, I swear that thing's moving. Shine my light on it. Nothing again. And all of a sudden we both look down at the at the flasher and it's just a solid red line underneath. I was like, oh, there's a fish down there. So I'm like sitting there kind of jigging. And all of a sudden his pole's like moving the little holder off the thing. And I'm like, yeah, you should probably get that. And uh, so he hooks it and starts reeling it in. And at this point, we don't know what it is. Because, I mean, you'll catch walleye at night, too. And gets to the hole. And it was a, you saw it. It was a good-sized ling. Yeah, Sean yeah. bailed out of the tent, out of our tent real quickly. Yeah, I mean. When, sure. when he heard you, like, actually catching a fish. Well, yeah, I yelled fish on. And then I heard the zipper unzip on the other tent. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's coming over here. Got it uh, right up to the hole and made a fatal rookie mistake. And instead, <laughs> instead of grabbing the fish, I tried to use the line to pull the fish up onto the ice and got the head up above the ice, and it snapped off. Well, it didn't snap off, but it unhooked. Yeah, which we were like, we were all kind of bummed because it was that that would have been the third uh, trip um, where we hadn't caught anything for hours on end to that particular place. You guys went there once and caught perch like you were talking about. Everything else since then has been awful. And so, like, to lose that fish, it was like, wow, we're actually learning how to catch fish out here. Um, and then Sean's like, well, what are you using? And you guys are like, yeah, we're using a it's, – a, it's essentially – it's a, it's another – it's a smaller version of – it's smelt. It's it's cut bait. It's what it is. On a, it, was a, it, was, it wasn't even a rattle crankshot either. Yeah, it was. Or buckshot. It wasn't? You're using a buckshot? It was a buckshot. rattle? I thought he was just using a hook. No, that was Nick and Dylan that were just using yeah. Uh, yeah. hooks. But uh, – there's using bear hooks with fluoro leader on it, but um, we were all using like we Sean had we had gotten some some smelt essentially from uh, the local shields, and we Sean cut it all up Friday night when we got there, so it was all you know uh, probably pieces like that and, and the heads really, which I mean you know using a head, you know they always talk about jig head minnows for walleye and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean it all works, so 
But you guys had to put like a piece on every piece of every treble of the buckshot, right? Yeah. So he had the same thing happen to him that I had happen is where a fish bit it and everything came off. And he's like, nah, screw this. I'm just going to put a piece on every hook. I never did that because I just had a, I was using a teardrop head with a single hook. So I just put it through the top of the head. And I think that's where my downfall was. I think I should have tried to actually like put it through the mouth into the stomach and then hooked it through that way because I think they were just pulling it through. Mm. Well, and uh, so then instantly Sean's like, yeah, Riley, we're switching because we, him and I were using, we were still using wax worms from uh, when we thought we were catching perch because that, that was you and me that, I'm back. <laughs> um <laughs> That, that thought I had caught it because I, I was dropping wax worms down mm-hmm. and I had uh, my pole went ding, 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 and I thought I was catching something. So you and I had switched to waxies. And then after that, you're like, dude, we're smelt right now. And so he's like, he just had a, he had a treble just loaded with it. So I put two or three pieces on mine too. And uh, I, I'll let you tell the story what happened like 30 minutes later. It was, it was such a fun, like probably the most fun five minutes you and I have ever had fishing together. Definitely basically close quarters in this pop-up Riley and I he's got his Vexler I got mine we're just sitting there talking talking and uh, we're just you know doing the ice fisherman thing staring at these at these flashy lights and I think we started marking uh, occasionally something would come through and uh, basically what happened was is we Riley kept turning the light off above us because he wanted to conserve battery. And so he was turning it off and turning it off or turning it on, turning it off. And I had that big flashlight of yours next to me because we had two tip ups out and we had a front latch window that we could pull down and they were out in the front of oh, us. Oh, you guys are actually shining it through the window? Yeah, we were. Well, well we'd, we'd open the window yeah, completely. You can pull the plastic, you know, mm, it's Velcro. Right, yeah, yeah. And I would turn the light on because it's completely dark out and shine at the tip ups like every five, 10 minutes. And so we kept doing that. And so we were sitting there talking and the the lights were off and we, both of us put jingle bells on our poles because we we're like, well, if the light's not going to be on, we got to be able to hear it. And we were sitting there talking and both of us were like, did you just hear a bell? Because <laughs> we were in the mid conversation and I think one of us like stopped and was like, shh, shh, shh. And we we're both just like. I don't know why when it's dark and you're trying to listen, you look around, you know, you know, you do that. <laughs> we're like sitting there like, and all of a sudden we hear, ding, ding. and it's Riley's pole. No, it was yours first. It was mine. Yeah, it, was it, yours. it was mine first. And so I grab or Riley reaches up, turns the light on and my pole is doing, you know, typical tap, tap. And so I grab it out of the, uh, um, pole holder and I bring it up and I'm feeling him. I'm feeling him. He hits again. And I set and I just completely miss. And I start reeling up because I'm like, oh, he took my bait. He took my bait. Riley looks down at his Vexar and he goes, he's still there. And then all of a sudden Riley's pull. And he (laughs) has a malfunction with his rod holder because it's completely froze to the ice. (laughs) And he's, he's trying to grab it. Meanwhile, I'm reeling as fast as I can to get it up to check to see if I still have bait on. And as he's messing around trying to get his pole holder, he just grabs the whole thing and takes the pole holder up with him. And I think he lets it tap, tap, tap. And then he hits and misses too. And by that point, I was already 
as fast as I could dropping down. And I was, were you were you a little bummed at that point after we both missed? Yes. Were you just were you both because I, I was feeling I was like, oh, that sucks. Like missed opportunity, you know. And I'm going down and I'm watching my Vexlar as I'm coming down, coming down, and I see Riley at like 20, 15, 20 feet because of his set. He came up, you know, five, ten feet. And right below, because I looked at him and I saw his, him, he was still up like this, and I looked down and I saw Mark at like five foot off the bottom. And I was like, he pulled that thing all the way up there. I mean, it followed him. And so when I dropped back down, I literally set my pole, watched it hit the bottom, reeled up once, and I just sat there and I didn't even jig it. I just held it there and I watched that red dot come back down to the bottom. And then my pole goes, dunk, dunk. And I went, oh, he's back. So I raise, raise, gave him one jig. And then I felt him hit again and just freaking, oh, he was. Definitely. It was so good. It was I think it was kind of funny because we were both like, uh, like after I had missed and you decided to go back for him, where we both like looked at our Vexlars at the same time and we both like at the same time, we're like, oh, he's still there. Yeah. And Sean's like, oh, he's on me. He's on me. It was just so much fun because it was just like, I don't know. I love the moments like that where you just kind of playing it out. And so, yeah, Sean caught a pretty good, I mean, a really good eaterling. I mean, uh, probably a two-pounder, maybe? Oh, he's probably pushing four. How many times did I pull my scale out of my tackle box and remember and we I never had it, it and I never used it? Because <laughs> you know, I think we thought we were going to be like, because it was, <coughs> I mean, it was like a half an hour later after Christian's, but I mean, it was like, it felt like, yeah, we're in Ling country now. Yeah. And so I think that we weren't like focused on that. But uh, dude, I wish we, we had a picture we could pull up right now. I might have one. Let me look. Well, if but, you can find it, pull it up. If not, Ramsey can... He can put it in later. But, but the the biggest thing, the funniest thing to me was as soon as I set um, the second time he hit me and we both saw that pole freaking, both of us are like, yes, we got him. And, you know, reeling up. And I mean, that just made it like that. It's so funny because like you go three, four, eight hours without catching fish. And it that one moment of 25 seconds, you know, what? that moment probably 15 to 20 seconds makes up for all of that eight hours of not catching anything it's funny you say that that whole second thing where you you knew you had him when christian hooked his he was reeling in and as he was reeling in it was just going zzz, zzz. i'm like oh your drag is way too loose <laughs> and so like he i was like just hold your pull there and i'll tighten it and i go to tighten it and all of a sudden like the line relaxed and i was like oh we lost it and not even like half a second later, the thing just goes zzz on the Titan Dragon. I was like, "Oh no, he's still on there." But oh, he, uh, mine. I had to open my bail. He, he, was, he ran. Oh, he definitely ran. Oh yeah. And I mean, I at one. I mean, of course, every time you're ice fishing and you're onto a fish, your face is five inches away from the hole, doing this, <laughs> looking down. But I basically, I mean, I had to open my bail and let him go because I was like, I can't because. Uh, Ling have a very very soft mouth, so you can. Mm, they're just like catfish. you could drag it, just comp- uh, even a barbed hook, you could drag mm-hmm. straight through mm-hmm. it, and you know it worked out. And then it, I actually, my favorite way to pull an ice or a fit an, an ice through a fish, um, <laughs> fish through the fish ice. through the ice. <laughs> uh, I like to like boat set them. So like once boat you flip. get them, yeah, boat, once, you, know, boat you, yeah, once you get them to the hole, I like to just bring it like you're boat fishing. Um, I mean, of course, bigger fish, it's a lot. Unless of it's a forty pounder, yeah, you gr- gotta grab it. But 
Um, I think we need to invest in some gaffs, to be honest. Well, I mean, that's all depends on if you're key. I mean, yeah. I, not every fish we catch. Yeah, but I mean, even with a gaff, you can still like hook the gills to where you're not actually poking a hole through the fish. Jeez, I look like a goofball in this. Hang on. Who took that picture? Because it definitely wasn't Ram- it Christian. Was, yeah. I was. Not, I thought Ramsey was taking it because he was on the right. That's why when you see this picture, yeah, I'll be completely honest with you. Do, until I get a new phone, do not expect me to take any pictures because the glass is broken on my little camera right here, and mm. it, it fogs up, and then I just like you can't even take a picture. Well, it's like I, I saw the picture. I was like, well, Ramsey or I did definitely did not take that picture. No, that was the problem is I thought Ramsey was taking it. So I'm looking at Ramsey while Christian is taking the picture. Yeah, there's a. <laughs> I did see. He's like, why is he looking at you? There's the a. Picture? There's definitely a uh, science to taking outdoor pictures. But oh, yeah. um, you got that thing up yet? Let me. I, I got something to say while you're looking that up. Okay. So we I, and I would say that like um, for a lot of people out there that are in, you know, they, you know, if you're interested in this podcast, you're probably consuming outdoor entertainment all over. And for my, a lot of my friends and stuff that aren't like podcast listeners and and some that are, they watch a lot of YouTube stuff. Like when they're about to go out, like I think that a big thing, like before guys go elk hunting is just watch YouTube elk hunts for like a week and a half. And so we watch a lot of ice fishing videos and it's a lot of guys that are like, uh, Eastern South Dakota, Minnesota, like ice fishing country. And I know there's good ice fishing in Montana, but I also think that there's like genuinely bad ice fishing in Montana. And so for us to go like, and obviously we're not filming these yet because like, to be honest, we're not really entirely sure the filming regulations for and like, public land. Well, that is obviously the big thing about it. But the other thing too is, that this wasn't like a this was like more of a boys trip. Yeah, this that. wasn't like a company deal at no. all. And I mean, we did bring a camera and some lapels to attempt to do a somewhat of a big lodge crew, but yeah, it was kind of bummed that that didn't work. Yeah, we just got to mess around with the. I think it'll be a lot easier on our bigger Canon yeah. versus our smaller two that sure. we have. So we just got to mess around our inputs and stuff because we just got those lapels. But I finally did bring up the picture. Yeah, let's see, let's see I the cropped it because fish. the fa- I the the face is just. Oh, so we get to see the fish. Nice. Can we zoom in at all? Right click. No, there's a zoom feature. How about I just do uh, computer? Set escape. Looks like a nice look, nice looking Montana ling. Hey, there's our. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> nice shot. Oh, look at that. That's a pretty looking fish. Yeah. So uh, they they're so cool. I mean, there's they, they they don't call them slimers for no reason, man. You can see our in the background. You can see our uh, freezing cold uh, quick flip uh, the setup that we we're. That's our setup in there. Yeah, look at all the ice on the inside of it. Yeah, yeah. It's awful. Don't don't um, look at those down there. <laughs> but uh, I guess what I'm saying about the consuming outdoor content is like you watch all this ice fishing stuff in like the ice fishing capitals of the United States and guys are catching fish consistently Mm -hmm. and for us even though like most of our ice fishing is has been really not company related it's been for the love of the game which it still probably will be because you know it's it's our it's our passion we were able to come talk about it on the podcast um we've gone minus and tip up fishing is always different in my eyes it's like it's like its own subcategory of ice fishing like real fun Flasher fishing with poles is so much different. It's like the equivalent between spay fishing and regular fly fishing. Yes, one hundred percent. If that might be even more vague of an explanation because there's less fly fishers out, I think. But well, but yes, you're right. It's like it's it's exactly that. It's the same thing, but it's different. 
And so like, you know, and Josh always says this all the time. He's like, dude, I just want to catch one like consistently with a rod. Like it's so much more fun to like fight on a rod. And so to go, what I would say to be, um, if you averaged 12 hours fishing in a day, uh, I would say we've gone 48 to 70, you know, Oh God, I really messed that up. What did you just say? I, I was trying to say what's what's three what's like five times twelve? Sixty. Okay. Like sixty hours of not catching a fish on on a rod through the ice to like actually have a successful like you know, you're on the graph, the fish uh the fish is um actually working your jig on the thing and like real I mean the whole experience is just like oh finally we get to catch a fish like a normal fly fisher or ice fisherman, you know. And so that was that was my favorite part. And then, you know, just to be anticlimactic, that was it for the day. <laughs> that fish died, you know, the fishing died off after that. But and I think it was because it genuinely went from ten degrees when Sean caught his fish to like probably fifteen below. Definitely. This is struggling. <laughs> I, I, I can see the look of John's just confusion. He looked up the average size of a ling and it comes in centimeters and kilograms. Oh nice. <laughs> no, the first is one a, I, is that a Canadian fish? Like look at more, the first one I did. Or not the first one. This one. Do you want me to switch to it? Look at the this is the first thing I put up. It's a ling <laughs> I like, cod. I know. I was like five feet. 80 pounds, I was like, wow. I caught a tiny one. Yeah, but no. <laughs> no, that was... Look up Burbit instead of that. That's, that's what I did. That's what I was trying to tell him over here while you are talking. This uh, is what it's 300 to see. What is this metrics? Do we need, I don't know do we need why to get a calculator. I don't know. I'm, I'm so bad at like kilograms to um, pounds. Like I'm so bad at that. Yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, I would say I would say it was in the the top twenty percent of of like ling side like in Montana. I, well, maybe 30%. I've caught quite a few back in the day. Like I used to go on the river and and catch them during the summertime, and I've you're all about half that size. So I mean, it, no, it was I, a definitely because like the ling I've caught because like I told Riley that was actually my first ling through the ice. Yeah, but I've caught a lot of ling before doing like you know. I usually get the ones that are like the size of a snake and you grab them and they just like yeah. wrap around your arm. Like we used to a lot of like a uh, jigging for them at, at night um, under a dam back where I used to live and stuff. And we, I mean, it was, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, like, like you said, you catch a lot of like, if they had a term like pike do, but to use the pike term is the camera handles, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fun. That was definitely one of the bigger ones that I've caught before, but. I think and I would say the one that Christian almost caught was very relative in size. It could have been the same one. It really could have. That's really why we never caught anything else. Was just one, just one, just one ling, ling in the area. <laughs> well, the problem was is because I wanted to fish. Like the depth we were at was perfect for walleye, at oh, least yeah. from out out on that lake. We could have been a little little deeper, but I think we could have been. I think honestly, uh, we probably would have. If we wanted to just go there to catch fish, if we were if we were ten to fifteen feet, we would have caught more fish. Because the oh, it would have been all trout. The trout would have yeah. been there, and I also think the linger are hanging up low, low too. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I think the biggest problem with that spot that we're in is, like you said, I think there's such a shelf there that like the fish are just kind of moving through. They're not really like hanging out because it's such a steep 
angle that they're at. Well, and that makes sense why everyone was fishing bays too, instead of like we were more. I would say we were on the main lake. Oh yeah, for more sure. than anything. Well, where they came in with the snowmobiles, that was actually the spot I've had the most luck on on a boat there for walleye. Across from it, though, right? Yeah, not on the same side. It'd be the call it the northwest shore of that um, campground that they came in. Yeah, but. The other thing, too, is, I mean, I don't know how technical you can get with it, but I do know that while I like mud beds in right. certain temperature water, and I didn't ping any structure when we were when we got out there, and that was telling Riley this last night, like, we should have just kept going till we found some. But they also could have been very lethargic with how cold it was, too. Yeah. For sure, because, I mean, like, springtime walleye, they always go to the warmer water. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who knows when that starts? Like, you can get into when deer rut starts, you know what I mean? It's just that same stuff. Sean just so badly wants to talk about boat fishing, and <laughs> he's already over ice fishing. I'm not over ice fishing. I just... Always looking ahead. I want to change a few things for next time. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess the to finish the story, all we could really talk about is how uh, what was amazing was we decided to leave at 1130 at night and Chad rolled in with the snowmobiles to save us from having to hike. That would have been the worst night of our lives if we had to hike that all out that night. Yeah. Uh, are you, do you kind of regret in a little bit, a little bit that we didn't go fish that Sunday morning? No. You don't regret it. It was kind of nice getting back early. I, I think that um, if we were there and we were not staying at an Airbnb, I would have wanted to fish Sunday. I think that's what made it more of it because we had to clean it up and pack everything up. And I think the biggest reason that we did, I didn't really want to stay Sunday is because we had terrible luck Saturday morning for that entire. I mean, we had to be out of the Airbnb at 10. Right. We got fishing. We got out there, I think, around 10 or 11 the on day Saturday. Before. Yeah, we definitely got out there a lot later than we. Uh, we were up at 8. That was self inflicted, but. I don't think. I don't think I got a uh I I don't I didn't get a line in the water till twelve thirty. Or no, twelve. Yeah, especially I mean how long do you think it took us to hike that shit out there? Oh, an hour easily. Yeah. But I Do you think all the people in the huts were just like laughing at us? No, because I watched two guys do the same thing we did yeah. when we were leaving. And then of course we had to we had hero Nick. Saving, you know, saving people trying to pull them out with a big bad diesel. Yeah, yeah, that was one of our. <laughs> Ended we, up getting stuck. In we witnessed people get stuck. We drove around them because we would have got stuck. Then one of our guys in the group decided to go save them, and then he, in turn he got stuck. And that was that was we lost about I don't know three or four hours. Well, realistically, we made when we left at one, we made the plan that we weren't coming back until at least five. Yeah, I guess our plans never really changed. But they were stuck since three o'clock, you know, and we didn't leave till five because they didn't have service, so they couldn't get they couldn't get through to us to call us or anything. But so basically they sat out there in the truck stuck for two hours and we finally went over there and when we got down there they were finally getting pulled out by a guy with chains. But we were like, we're going fishing, man. Like, yeah. This is, yeah. This is, and there, and I, <laughs> I was funny because Nick came, he goes, yeah, that's great. I think we're going to run back to the Airbnb and maybe warm up a little <laughs> bit and get some food. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's good. We did bring them food, but it was funny. It's always funny. Like, you know, I have, we had this large emphasis last week on like guys' trips and how they f- function and f- whatnot. But the food thing, you always have all these plans. Well, we got up late, so no one made breakfast. 
so we were starving right and then when we got back sean and i made breakfast for lunch and then those guys were stranded so we ended up packaging them cold breakfast and they ended up heading back anyways we should have just left it there but someone it was the thought that counts yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, things yeah. are going to be done differently on the next one. So, um, so we talk about consensus of guys trips here. What Was it successful in your eyes? Or, like, what is your – if you could grade it on a successful, you know, like a, like a school grade, what would you have graded it? B minus. D. D? Ooh. D. Just because of uh, only catching two fish or because of, like – Fishing was slow. Atmosphere – wasn't great and that was an all-around um i thinking back on it we definitely could have done things differently the time management friday night definitely different um you know it was a boys trip which we did so we did do the thing that you do on boys trips for sure but at the same time it's ice fishing, you know. You gotta be, you gotta be into it, and you gotta do it right. Well, Full send or no send, you know. I think that uh, looking back on it, like when we got there Friday night, and that we, it was a nice Airbnb. Like if you have to do a review on it, I would say, oh, I did. Like you did. Oh, five stars, dude. I, I, boy. I'd say like I'd tell him it was very like I, I really enjoyed how you know everything was set up like very well. It was nice, new, clean appliances and and silverware and all that stuff was all nice and you do all that and it was like friday night we're like this is great this is a good time and then you get to sunday and you're like we just spent like fourteen hundred dollars and was it worth it and it's like i look back and it's like i don't think it was like i think we could have done something cheaper and not had the focus because i felt like like obviously we made choices to go back to the airbnb just because it was cold and like fishing sucked but there was also a point where like i didn't mind going back because i was like well i spent 150 bucks like i feel like kind of compelled to be there at some point if it would have been like a cheap hotel or something i would have just like not wanted to go back to the hotel you know what i'm saying right and so like that's like in the future it's like i don't know if we ever want to do like save the airbnb for like you know we talked about doing like a boat trip with like like uh significant others or family members or whatever doing like a you know a like we're brothers basically at this point, like a like a brother's trip, you know, instead of a boy's trip. I think too, we should definitely like attention to detail on how we want to do these trips, you know? Like I mean, realistically, we could sit down and like figure out what we need to bring, oh, yeah. what we're gonna do, and simplify the the where we're sleeping. And we could, like you always say, make it a science. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, wow, just lost my entire train of thought <laughs> well, there. Well, I think that uh, I also lost mine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, um, you know, I think we, oh, no. We're all dead. <laughs> um, wow, I really did lose <coughs> that time. No, uh, I don't know if I'd give it a D. A, a C was kind of where I was at because I do agree. Like the, um, yeah, there. I mean, we kind of made the points on that, but. Um, I, I do think that for future trips that we, we just dumb it down a little bit and then focus on the real reason that we're doing them instead of like turning into like, you know, it can turn to a shit show real quick. And 
um, you got to have the right. And, and like we kind of talked, I was like, you kind of have the right. Everyone has to be on the same goal, like the same mindset. And when everyone's just, you know, not quite that. And I think that ice fishing trips versus like a summer fishing trip are much different because we're a, a higher percentage of the friends that you have have probably enjoy summer fishing more than like the people that are invested in ice fishing. And I think that's maybe what kind of just changed it for a little bit. I also think we could definitely benefit from, <clears throat> I'm not saying we need to make every trip that we do like B and B trips, but I think we could benefit a lot more as a company and the three of us spend a lot of time and Matt spend a lot of time together in the outdoor festivities that you can um, indulge in in Montana. And I think the environment and every, I feel like it just goes smoother um, with not so many moving parts. So I, we could definitely benefit by just kind of sitting down and these kind of trips, we're obviously still going to be, you know, we're going to go with friends like we do, but doing more with like the three of us and benefiting BNB from it. Centralizing it around actually doing what we're going there to do. Because the three of us had the same thoughts of we want, we're here to, you know, catch fish. That was my first mic touch of 2023. Good God. No, it's not. (laughs) And it's Um, funny because he just does it like grabs the thing. It's because I'm getting lazy and I'm leaning back because the camera's off of me. But I I think that, I think you're right. And, but I, I, I do think that we were successful in a lot of realms. I don't know. I, it's funny that we turned this this boys trip thing like it's this whole like whole deal, but it's fun to talk about. I think food wise we did great, you know, because we talked about how you could spend, you could like overspend and then go home with all this f- extra shit. And I think like utilizing, we ate our only protein was elk the whole time. Minus, I think we had some pork breakfast sausage yep. a couple times. Um, it worked really well. I mean, there was a little bit of prep that Sean and I had to do. But it really didn't take all that long. It wasn't like it was miserable. And Ramsey cooked the burgers. And it was, I think that was very successful. I, I would structure our future trips based off of how we did that. Because I only spent 50 bucks on groceries. I don't know. If, I mean, you guys had to have been very similar. Yeah. and I th- Or even less. Riley brought up a good point, too. Of another thing that circles back to simplifying your load, you know, your haul going out there is Ramsey and I both own jet boils. You know, why don't we take a ready-to-eat meal? You know, exactly. Yeah. And the weight. I mean, and if you use it, you use it. And if you don't, you they're good for months and months, you know? Right. And, I mean, like Ramsey brought some um, sausage that he got from a, a guy that we were at elk camp with. Yeah, right. what is that? What was what is It's it? a mix, I thought. No, it's straight mule deer. Oh, really? It's like oh, mule deer. The, the kielbasa stuff yeah, 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 yeah. is uh, it's elk. Pork and beef all mixed together. It's a together. mix. But then, like, that stuff's obviously okay to bring because that's just good protein and, you know, good calorie that you need. But um, we should definitely just focus on the on the, the mountain houses and the jet boils oh, or yeah. whatever. You know? And I think that leads into, you, like, you would talk about um, not having to leave the ice hut to go eat where you could have, like – and I, was, I told Sean right away, I was like, dude, we should have had a couple uh, – um, like packages of hot dogs and because you can pull the girls out i've seen people do this a hundred times online you just pull the little grates off the mr buddy heater and you can lay the hot dogs on there and just like easy stuff i mean obviously you want to do something a little healthier than that sometimes but i don't know just stuff like that it's like that we could change and i think that doing more 
because we all do a lot of individual or like Ramsey and I do stuff together. You and Sean do stuff together. We've talked about this in the past. But when we do, when we're trying to make it more group friendly or trying to make it to where the four of us are doing trips and stuff like that, I think it's good to, to simplify them because, and I think this goes for everyone else, you know, out there in the audience, all the people that are trying to do outdoor stuff that say like, like, I can't afford to do what you guys do. I can't go out every weekend and do this and this. And it's like, neither can we in some aspects. I mean, we can, but in a way, we talk so much about this beforehand stuff because we're able to do more outdoor activities by spending less money doing it correctly, in my mind. I, I mean, <clears throat> I think now we do that. No, we have we haven't always done that. Yeah. But I think that's the that's the goal is to continue to simplify it. Yeah, because like, what did you say? You went to the store and you got bag of potatoes, bag of onions, and you know spices I mean, and yeah. Oil. What was that like? Fifty bucks? Yeah, and it was relatively. It was like fifty dollars. And I, did you even? I don't think you and I split that really. Yeah, I really did not spend a whole lot of money. I mean. I bought a few things here and there and I just like, well, but we I'll, can, I'll help out where I can and that kind of stuff. But it just seems like if you simplify every other process of the trip, you can spend more time doing what you went to do and less time doing the other things. This is actually, I don't, maybe I should just, I'll just pull this up when oh, we go I'm to break to show Riley this because I was talking to him about um, that guy set up um, on the snowmobile. Last oh yeah. Yeah. Week. I'll, I'll pull that up at break, but, Something like that, like I was talking to him. I'll show you too, obviously, but it it simp it's it simplifies beyond a sled, even. Oh yeah. And he has everything he needs. Um that's something that we're definitely gonna look into is is like we talked about in the beginning, simplifying the sled. The food I think we got down. The uh sleeping arrangements, we got a little work to do on that. We should have, you know, foreseen and I and I almost wonder if, like, if when we we go to different lakes, that was just a lake we decided to go to last minute because we canceled another trip. In other lakes, a lot of them, you know, we talk we go back to the tournament that we did in 2020, 20, I can't remember what year that was. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was 2020. Yeah, it was twenty twenty. Right COVID came. Yeah, yeah. Um, that we stayed at a hotel, super cheap. Worked pretty decent. I mean, I know I had to sleep with Ramsey in a bed, and you had to sleep with your buddy. I'm sure I slept on the floor. He did. Well, anyways, we slept. I mean, it was it was whatever. <laughs> it, it was whatever. You know what I mean? It, it was, worked. It worked, and it was like probably a quarter of the price that we just paid. When we do more trips in different lakes and stuff, especially when we start getting into summer stuff, hotels are way more logical. There's just none over by where we were fishing. Kind of. Now, I mean, the, the, you know. You would have had to travel more. I guarantee you the town that's close and close enough that had hotels would have been just as expensive as yeah, that. Yeah, because it's a yeah, no yeah, yeah. What, what it is. But like, you know, if we go to you know, you know what I'm talking about. We go to other lakes, like hotels are definitely more of a logical thing. Like even if you go to there's a there's lakes over in the mountains that you guys elk hunt that you can stay in the same city that you guys stay in and the hotels there have to be pretty affordable. I mean we no, stay in them stumbling. So that's a part, you know. We're gonna work on, it. and then obviously when we go hunting and and you know we go out to the to the ranch and stuff, that's definitely it's its home. You know, there's a home out there for us, but right. fishing is a whole different thing where um, we really have to 
you know, kind of plan adventures to be affordable. We're going to do more of those too. I feel we've always talked about how excited we get for ice fishing and we really. I know we're already, we're, we kind of dropped the ball. <laughs> last, last week was like the, the podcast where we're like, ice fishing is here. Uh, we're excited. And now after this trip, I feel so like we're spring fishing. <laughs> I feel like we're already like ready for, you guys got the boats ready or? for ice fishing. And then no, you got to help me with uh, it. When we get back, we're going to, we're going to talk about, Sean has been doing some searching and some adventuring uh, online since since we did this trip because we have a new sparked interest for some spring stuff that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about some stuff that the three of us are going through personally that uh, really honestly directly reflects towards BNB in a way. Um, and then we have a couple more things and we'll be done for the day. So uh, we'll catch you when we get right, right back from break. I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F&H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired, contact our friends at F&H Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farm yards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. So we're going to talk a little bit about what Sean's little 2023 dream, temporary dream, because we have a lot of goals and aspirations for hunting season, but it's so far away that and we talk so much about hunting season come May, even when Turkey starts that fishing is really what's on brand for right now. And you had a lot of inspiration struck from ice fishing this weekend for your spring goals. And I just want to talk a little about like what has inspired you to want to do so much boat fishing this year. I just think because I used to do that, that was like outside of, of course going and chasing down, um, trout on a fly rod or even just a spoon off the shore just going everywhere that was the majority of fishing that i in, like i enjoyed that the most i think was spring boat fishing it was just so fun um just the the attention the detail that's required in it um i mean we're kind of far from that point right now we have the bones to what we need huh, yeah we just had the we also have to get past the 24 inches of ice that we were just on but yeah well i mean like what you guys are this is gonna be a fun little project that i think we should share with our uh listeners um over the next as we're working on it where ramsey has a boat correct i do and it was a boat that was i mean it was our it's our dad's but it was kind of given to him in spirit in a way and it's it's running now it wasn't a little bit ago it's got a 50 horsepower 65 sorry a 65 horsepower suzuki on it two stroke but the floor we redid the floor once like sorry i redid the floor okay and I don't know. Just, I think it would be cool to talk about it now and then like over the next few months, like post about your guys' progress on creating a BMB. You know, I know Matt's got a fishing boat and all that, but like 
he's gone so much that this is more of a like the three of us are like going on an adventure to like spring boat fish i think mm-hmm. and i think it'd be cool to like show everyone the progress of this 1978 1978 bass tracker where it comes from you know not shambles but like it's sitting outside with no cover on it yeah to 10 years to what it what it could be this spring and and again i don't know how much fishing film we can get in because permits are a whole other thing but um if we can be successful this spring and and be able to get some permits it'd be really fun to show show the boat out in action and sean's got all these i don't know all these ideas that he has but you know we he he contacted us the other night he's like hey is there like some separate funds we can set aside between the three of us to make this boat good and then transfer it to, you know, we we have ideas of getting a, a nicer boat down the road, but this is kind of like our spring fun time. Let's get us kicked project. Off. Yeah. So, I mean, as Riley said, it's a 1978 bass tracker, which from the research I've done is the OG. Like it is the first year that they ever made a bass tracker. Now is bass tracker. It's tracker made by the tracker brand. Or well, it was original. This is just my research. I don't know if I'm 100% correct, but it, they went, they changed the name from Bass Tracker to Tracker. Okay. And so this boat was made specifically for fishing, like the original fishing boat. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's not necessarily a flat bottom, but it's a shallow V. Um, Long time ago when dad got it, he got it on, I don't know, he did some gypsy trading stuff, whatever. <laughs> Did some work for a guy, but uh, he got this boat, and I, shoot, I had to been, it's probably, we probably had it for longer than 15 years. It's probably been more like 13 or 14, because I was really young. I had to be like 10, and obviously had the summers off back then, Um, so I went to work every day and stripped all the plywood out, because when we got it, it was completely, I mean, it was was just rotten. You'd step on it, and your hole would or your foot would go through a hole in the floor. And so drilled it all out, took all the, the carpet and all the, the plywood and stuff out of it and put new stuff down with the thoughts that, because it was the end of summer and he's like, oh, well, we'll work on it when we have time. And it literally sat at our work for 10 years uncovered. And then I started hanging out with this guy. And one day in college, he's like, I really want to get a bass fishing boat or just a fishing boat. And I was like, you know what? I think I have one. Is this before or after we we fixed it a second time? This was before. This is what led up to it. To us redecking it the first time? No, that I, that's what I did is I redecked it the first time. That was... And we, and we uh, did turf on the floor, too. That was the second time we worked on it. Okay. So it was just... We just got the floor in, and I'd started messing with the wiring a little bit, and I didn't really know jack shit when I was 10 years old. But anyway, Sean was like, well, go see if you can get that thing running. And just by chance, I went out there, squared a little gas in the carburetor, put a battery to it, turned the key, thing fired right off. And I was like, all right, cool, you know, old two-strokes, you'll you'll tried and true. Is it oil-injected? No, you have to mix the gas. But... uh so I kind of got it running, and then I think you ordered shift cables and stuff for it. You found them somewhere. Yeah, probably someone dead. found them somewhere. Put new shift cables on it. 
went the glue route but didn't use the right stuff and it rained like the day after we did it still don't have a cover for it which definitely is in the books of things to get but and then even the third time now again me and sean started talking about it again i'm like yeah i need to get that thing over so i took it up to my buddy's house where we live well no that wasn't the first uh you had it at dad's Oh, right, right. We had it at dad's and we couldn't get it running. We'd done all this work, put carpet or AstroTurf down and got it to where it was probably just going to be a usable boat, you know, nothing over the top. And we couldn't get it started. It had no spark, couldn't get it started, whatever. So then it kind of fell off and we were just like, well, whatever, we'll deal with the other day or another day. And finally... Again, like I said, me and Sean started talking about it again. I was like, I really just need to see, like, if I can order a, you know, CDI or whatever it needs to get spark back to it. And my buddy's been a mechanic for probably 20 years. And he's like, yeah, I used to work on boats every now and then. And we got on all the forums and everything. And we, he found one. It was like, unplug the blue wire and see if it starts. Unplug the blue wire, squared gas and carburetor, fired right up. I mean, it ran, put, the muffs on it ran water through it everything worked beautifully steering works you know and it got to a point and then here we are again on our fourth time it's been sitting now since probably this time last year i think is when i pulled it up in there really it's been that long no it's been almost a year and it's still sitting up at my buddy's house and he's also pushing for me to get it done because he wants the space but yeah, I think this time, you know, me and Sean have talked about it a lot, and I think we're definitely kind of, we've been talking. I showed him some pictures of it, and he's like, yeah, I think we could definitely make this thing work. Well, I think what's beneficial, too, is like Sean being, you know, because dad's got so many projects of his own, you know, he's able to do, like, he's very carpentry, well-rounded or whatever, uh, but he's got his own stuff to do at home and all that. What's nice is having Sean that's, like, also just as, like, smart when it comes to making boards fit in the right places and designing and whatnot. So if the three of us sit down and tackle a project like this, it could be done in a couple weekends, in my opinion. For sure. I was actually telling Riley last night, the funny thing when I was, I Googled the up the, just to look at it, trying to make some preliminary designs for it. You know how much that boat boat was the day it came out? Like $4,800. Twenty nine hundred ninety five dollars. Really? That was in it. I found a newspaper clipping the day it came out. Oh, really? Yeah. Was am I correct? Is it the first model ever? Uh, I didn't look that in depth at it, but I mean, there's just a ton of things that we can do to it to, um, you know, get better storage, live wells. Um, and I was telling Riley too, is like the biggest thing we really, really need to do with it, as far as the mechanical side, is make sure it's like not just running, but like we're not going to get stranded in the middle of Fort Peck with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. In the middle of the ocean. Well, and it's like you got to put it in perspective. We don't have an anchor for it that I know of. That's unless we, unless we took it out of my boat. But, it's peanuts, though. I mean, but really. like, uh, you're going to probably have to do fuel. And, and I just looked it up. And the uh, more than 40 years ago, back in 1978, Johnny Morris and his father, John A. Morris, came up with an idea to produce the first completely outfitted fishing boat package in the world something the fishing community had not seen before. From that idea, Bass Pro Shops introduced the original Bass Tracker, aluminum fishing boat with high hopes in 1978. Yeah. So it is the original one. That's fun. So I thought, well, 
The only reason I thought that is because I was looking for decals because at first I really kind of just wanted to make it original. And you should just wrap it. There's decals everywhere for it because in 2018, which was the 40th year anniversary, they came out with the boat with the exact same decals, but the interior was a 2018. Okay, yeah. And so I was like, oh, cool. I can get all the decals and everything for it, which would be sweet. I um, I have some ideas I want to pitch at you guys for design of the boat, but I guess we'll go deal with that as we get there. Do you? You don't have any pictures of it, do you? No, Sean's got some some Google images here that are similar. This is the well. Wait, I gotta try and get full screen on this. <laughs> oh my god! They're trying to look switching cool. from you. Just just pull it up. That's that, that's the 2018. Is, yeah, this is 2018. So that's the same size and everything, though. Uh, I think that one's a 14 foot. I I almost wonder if you could just design it just like the 18. Well, you they have I mean? an older picture. But like, couldn't you design the interior? <laughs> that's got to be <laughs> the shorter boat. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I almost wish we could put a bigger. It's, boat it's like on. this, right? It looks just like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's got a. What did you say it was 65? Yeah. Suzuki. Yeah. Really, they didn't put mercury on it back then. No, I, I was, that, that, this boat's old. It very, it, it very well could be that they put Swap a different motor, motor on it, or even there. like not even not even mercury. I didn't mean that. Johnson is the one I was Johnson thinking of. or Evinrude. I think they were around back then too. Maybe and, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Really, no shit. We're not like boats. super boat guys, but we might be now. Well, and the biggest thing that I had about it was the big money behind it all, which Riley and I talking about it last night. We're going to basically take it by steps. We're going to get the carpentry and the design down done on it and the mechanical so it's an operating functional boat. And we're going to design it so it fits the three of us doing right. tournaments or just going out to film an episode or just fishing just mm-hmm. for fun. And that's the biggest thing that's going to be cool is we're going to be able to, you know, I want a, I want a tackle box right there. You know, or this is where the live well should go. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of um, mechanical stuff behind it, you know, plumbing new um, new pipes for the live well. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to have to do that. Um, Back at then, they just used garden hose. For what? For the – so you have a pump, right? And it just pumps almost like a bilge pump. It pumps into the live well, and then it has a, a hole up top where it just kind of pours out the side of the – Oh yeah, and I, th- I think fish were smaller back then too. <laughs> yeah, that live yeah, well is like, like this big. Yeah, yeah maybe. Not is it a big. foot by foot? Maybe it's like a foot and a half by a foot and a half. So we're gonna obviously make that bigger. Um, because you could you put, could make it out of because right now it's made out of steel, right? Aluminum. Yeah. Everything on that boat's aluminum. So you could make you could make it out of wood and then just put like. I, I honestly like paneling. If on we're it. gonna have it down to bare bones, which is what we're probably gonna have to do, because the plywood on it's garbage again. But uh, I'm just going to get the old aluminum spool gun out, and I'll probably just weld in. Dude, we almost should pull it. We should get new tires on the trailer and pull it to Sean's shop. It might be the easiest place to cut wood for it. For sure. And to the biggest, I think, money that we're going to put into it, I want to put nice electronics on it. And I was talking to Riley, like I was scrolling through last night, and I mean, we could... We don't net. We don't need to go out and buy the, the you know the Helix Nine, that's thirty one hundred dollars <laughs> for one primary screen. Yeah, 
we can go out and obviously as we buy a nicer boat, the electronics, you know, will go with it. Well, why don't you show them the boat that we're like, this, this is, so this boat is like a 2023 thing, but like show them the boat that we're looking at for probably, uh, like a similar boat, uh, like a Ranger or the one I was looking at a tracker night. or something like that where I don't know. I you always look at the guys that are in the Midwest. I, I, I've actually, you know, I have weird like dreams of like scenarios for filming for this. I always think about doing like a, a really serious video talking about like just standing in a boat and talking about how like I never thought, like I never, I always thought that like boat fishing and spin fishing was for old men and people that didn't, you know, because I was a fly fisherman and then it cuts instantly to like how badass that like tournament fishing and like actual spin fishing, boat fishing is, you know, you see why there's such an appeal for it. You see why guys like the Guggen squad, those guys that are down and are they in Texas or something like that? I have no idea. Uh, that have such a large following and were able to make a huge company based off of like bass fishing out of boats. And like these guys that have 50,000, $60,000, uh, fishing boats with 250 horsepower engines on it. There's a whole industry for this. And once you start to dive into the idea of wanting to do it, it's like, wow, that's uh, actually very appealing to me. This this is definitely, I think, like big big down the road is what we're going to get to. Oh, yeah. For sure. Something like that or, uh, like I said, like just a, uh, something that has, you know, a generic look is the three seats in the back. You have the... Um, the, where the captain sits mm-hmm. and then the get, you know, the, the passenger. And then there's a, it's, a, I don't know. It's just a nicer version of what we have now, just bigger and more of a, the design is more of a, what kind of boat would you call like a speed boat, not a speed boat, but like a, it, it's, it's a boat that's able to handle waves and stuff like our, this one that we have now for this year might be a little sketchy on some. You some, see a storm coming, you better start headed. Yeah. For we're going to have to pick some really <laughs> good days. Walleye chop could sink the bass tracker. Yeah. But, you know, we're using, we're going to definitely, I mean, I feel like by the end of this little, uh, boat, um, I don't even know how to word it, fix, like fixer upper of this boat, you know, the little, f- the project, if we do a little project film on it, it's going to look like we should, we're definitely gonna do it before and after because it's going to be like way, way different. Well, I think what's cool too, is this, this is like, it gives people the feel too, like, what we try to portray all the time is we're not like these, these rich dudes that social media rich dudes. This is something that everyone does on the planet. Like that is in our, you know, like most outdoorsmen are on a budget and you know, there's a lot of guys that have to, you know, they either have like, like what we have where we've spent a lot of money on bows. We spent a lot of money on fly rods and ice fishing equipment. Now, when we go into another hobby, you, again, like we talk about the guys trips, you have to be money conscious to be able to do everything that you want to do. Because a lot of people are like, how do you how do you guys do all of this? Like, you know, I get to go fishing like once a month and it's like, well, I'm just broke all the time. That too. <laughs> and well, so there's some of us that have some very understanding significant others because uh, to be able to do it a lot. But you have to be money conscious. And uh, I think it's cool to show like it's a 1978 boat that we're trying to ref, you know refurbish for a we have a set money budget that we're going to spend on it, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. I think it's cool. I think it's going to be like that first trip we get it out. We just like you know that and it just way. sinks to the bottom of the. <laughs> oh no! Come on, she's wow. seaworthy, baby. <laughs> 
but good. it's going to make, I mean, I feel like it's going to make our spring summer fishing so much more enjoyable. I think it's going to take us to the point where we're like Monday morning. All we can think about is how we're leaving Friday to go on a trip, you know, or even, in our favorite you know, we have that, we have that <laughs> lake that we just went to. That's fairly close to town. Like in the summertime when it's light till nine thirty at night, we'd be like, Hey, we're all getting off at five thirty. Let's just bomb over there real quick and just i'll bring the boat to work and hop in the truck everyone meet here at 5 30 and let's just go yeah i used to do that all the time as long as like that a jet boat as long as you're like maintaining it like taking care of the boat uh every time after you use it and putting everything away correctly it should be almost easier to uh launch a boat on an an evening or something than even to go shore fish somewhere it's almost equally as easy to do in my opinion it's yeah. more fun. Well, and the, the, more that's another thing that we're going to get into is like we've talked about the, this whole episode is efficiently doing things, and it's going to yeah. turn into just being so efficient that it's like back the truck up, dump it off, we're we're gone. Three hours later, back on the truck, back home. Oh yeah, I mean, you, we're going to build this boat to where like we leave our it's going to be covered, obviously, and we just leave our stuff in there. No, we never leave anything in there. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a thief, we leave nothing in the boat ever. Don't worry. It's, it's... <laughs> I'll leave Ramsey in there with a 12-gauge. Well, I get what he's saying. Like, <laughs> If you want to leave your tackle in there, and there may be, I, that may be something we would consider when we're designing these, uh, you know, have a lock on our, on our cabinets and stuff oh, yeah. like that. This is going to introduce us to tournaments. Because like, we always talk about doing tournaments, and I feel oh, yeah. like we just haven't taken that leap. Um we never really had a good way to do them, you know. No, ice fishing. I think we're set up enough to do tournaments. Oh yeah, but, definitely for ice fishing. But once this boat gets done, I, f- I mean, we realistically could be looking at doing a lot of serious tournaments in Montana. I mean, realistic timeline. I think we should start working on it as soon as I get back from California. Oh yeah, because I, I agree. We have what did you say last night? Like two two and a half months realistically to. Yeah, I, I don't say- know if we're gonna really. <laughs> It is Montana. It could be negative 25 in March. I want to yeah. say guys start boat fishing around May, maybe, maybe earlier. I April boat fish the Yeah, I mean, Christmas. as long as the ice is off. And I mean, it depends. Like I said, I boat fished the week of Christmas before some of the best rainbow trout fishing I've ever done in my life on that certain lake. But it just depends. Oh, yeah. As soon as that ice breaks. Every year is different. Yeah. And if, I mean, they're real hungry as soon as that ice breaks. <laughs> things change it's uh, that's why i've always liked uh doing shoreline ice uh, fly fishing when the ice breaks it's really good because all the all the trout are uh really zooming the shallows looking for the first bit of uh stuff to eat it's probably all the bait that the ice fishermen leave yeah (laughs) yeah no kidding uh so yeah I, i know that was kind of a crazy tangent that you probably weren't expecting in february but uh that's something we're going to work on, and we, we think that it'd be cool to, to share with everybody our little, you know, we put our minds together, what we can what we can create, and hopefully it works out right. I'm painting the whole thing. I've decided that. You've, you're what? I've, I'm painting the whole painting thing. Painting it? Yeah. Why don't you just have your buddy wrap it? Because I just don't think wraps in water are going to... People wrap boats all the, all the time. Really? Yeah. I'm sure he does tons of them. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. And then we can now do we? I asked Sean about this. Are we putting like lights on the outside of it? Yeah, absolutely. And stuff for like that? night bow fishing. I mean, and or like just, just getting back, yeah, yeah, getting back to the dock and stuff. Oh yeah, it's gonna have light bars on it. Don't you worry. Yeah, we just have to have three batteries in it. No well, big deal. We were already talking about that. four. Probably even five. You want to put light bars on it? 
Oh my god, this thing's getting more expensive every day. It's fine because once we have it, we don't have to spend any more money on it until we get another boat. <laughs> well, I'm never getting rid of that thing. It's yeah, that'll be OG like OG bass tracker, old man. Tra- old, old trusty. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say about the boat? No. Stay tuned. It's gonna be bad. That's gonna be cool. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go now into something a little more se- serious talk, I would say, and Uh-oh. a little more personal. But I think it's cool to talk about. So if you've been with us since day one, you know that our first interview was with uh, Zach H, good friend of ours that became TikTok sensation viral for his weight loss. And around that time, Ramsey and I had, you know, we had mentioned, I think we even got personal on a podcast with Josh about um, just that, you know, talking about wanting to be better outdoorsmen by losing weight and stuff like that. And we took what Zach had said to heart and he taught us how to meal prep and stuff. And unfortunately, I don't really know the circumstances, but we really only took it seriously for like two weeks, wouldn't you say? I mean, we never talked about how we've... Mm, Probably a month. We we attacked it and we gave it a somewhat of a try. And honestly, I only worked out like five days total during that. Like it was more or less just eating better. Don't you think? Mm. Looking back on it. I would say I worked out. Me and you worked out for probably two and a half months pretty consistently. So we, yeah, start, was, we started I, at Planet. I was a little bit... Um, I was a little bit ahead of you too because I had a you know big day to get right. For. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, forget about that. Um, that was, I mean, that was my um, motivation. Um, well, like, it was probably about. I think you because we started at Planet and then moved to the other gym, and then I think we were working out of that other gym for right up until my wedding, and then right, and it wasn't. It wasn't super serious from what I remember. It wasn't like, I mean, we would go probably two or three times a week. So obviously, I mean, whether we worked out before we came here and did a podcast was pretty up in the air. I mean, if we had a guest, we never did just because we wanted to be here early and get things done. All the excuses in the book, which, I mean, looking at it now where we have been consistent in the gym for a month now. I mean, the only days I ever really miss is maybe Saturday and usually Sunday. Well, I just look at it more or less. I guess we'll just jump right into it with that, what you're saying there. We made a conscious effort once 2023 came around when we got back from, so it would have been like January 2nd that we came back from ice fishing. That was like the last weekend where we're like, this is the last weekend we're going to eat shitty food, whether it's. Um, fast food, uh, this and that, blah, 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 blah. And we're going to take this seriously. And we, I think what really has changed it for us is we treat it like a lifestyle now instead of a diet. And so to fast forward, you know, we're going to talk about how like we're legitimately committed to the grind now. And then all three, what's really cool. And, and it sucks to leave Matt out a lot of times because he, there's just, you can't, do something like this with him when he's here a week, you know, out of the month. Right. But the three of us have so many high goals to, for hunting season next year that like the gym and eating good is, and then Sean doesn't really need to go on a diet, but, but, uh, like the eating part of it's really not, uh, I don't know. 
the eating part of it for Sean is not as important as like he he works out hard. You know what I mean? Like he goes to the gym with us, and and I think another thing too is just having him there is good for us. You know, to keep us motivated too. You know what I mean? And like to be everyone held accountable. But what like I, I I think it's did I really say, say it did you me? say a cannibal hold a cannibal hold it held accountable uh oh boy I don't know I just there's something different about it this year and like you know you talk about when I look at it we just did our fifth week no th- this would have been the start of Fourth the fifth week. no this is the fifth time we've done a meal prep. When we did meal prepping last time, we only did it like successfully twice. And then we like half-assed it a couple times and then... I, I don't want to discount what you're saying, but if you do the math from January 3rd but, to now but the, it's 28 It's days. February. Tomorrow. It's the 31st. I'm just saying it's been four weeks. We've done it four times. No, it hasn't. It's been it's been more than that. I guarantee you it's been this. this because the way that it started, we started on a half week. Hmm. We started on a Wednesday, so I promise you this is the fourth time, the fifth time that we've See, meal prepped. You just said it right there. What? <laughs> you said fourth. No, this is the you fifth just, time that we've... It's, it's okay. Whatever. It's okay. But we also have been committed to the gym this time, and we haven't missed it unless like I had a I had a super important meeting I had to go to Monday, couldn't make it, um, or we left for... When we can be there, we are there. And I think that that's important to look at... Um, and like now, I mean, like you're not gonna be able to tell right away. Obviously, like I think, I think both of us have lost like twenty, twenty five pounds already. I'm creeping on forty. You're creeping on forty. Yeah, yeah. Which is for a lot of people, it's hard to understand. But when you're three hundred, do you want to say how much you were? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm full disclosure. I was three hundred and seventy pounds when I started, and that was yeah. I was right. I was like three seventy two. So. That was uh, that was the biggest wake up call. I mean, other than being a couple hundred yards behind Sean every time he went hiking. And I mean, honestly down to barely being able to tie my shoes. Cause I bend over and I just, I just, there's a giant gut in my way, but I, I have so much more, even in the minuscule amount of weight, which I shouldn't say minuscule because in the scheme of things, it's a lot of weight. But for me, like I have so much more energy like I look forward to going to the gym every day, which you've never had. That's like a lot of people talk about like going to the gym and eating healthy and stuff. And Ramsey's personality has always never been like interested in like even understanding the right foods or uh, the right way to eat food or the gym has not been your favorite thing ever. And it's like interesting to see you now get super interested in it. Yeah. I mean, it just, Seeing results, because I kind of told myself, I was like, oh, I'm only going to weigh in, you know, once a month or whatever. But, like, now that I'm doing it and it's working, I weigh in twice a week probably. And seeing results every time I step on the scale, whether it's a pound or half a pound or whatever, it's like it's such motivation to be like, I'm not really changing my lifestyle, but I'm also – polar opposite of what I used to be. I'm just using, I mean, back to the efficiency thing. I'm using my time more efficiently to be healthier and all of the short-term side effects of what I've been doing has just been motivating the fuck out of me, to be completely yeah. honest. And what what goes into it, too, is like we're able to really 
implement our way of life with it too. Where like how I think we've I think we've gone through probably including the guys trip, what we had to bring for that, probably 35 pounds with our meal prep of elk that we've eaten in the last 30 some days. Wouldn't you say? It's four more pounds a week. Yeah. Four to five pounds of elk every week. And because it's, it's like our favorite thing to eat because we like how it tastes and it's, uh, it's, it's lean, it's lean meat. So it's even healthier protein than beef. And, you know, so we're, we're mainly eating what I would say. And as Riley would say, it's free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Wouldn't wouldn't you say that we're eating mainly turkey, um, elk, Tur- turkey, and chicken. chicken, and elk? Yeah, that's mainly our diet. I mean, you know, if Sean would catch us some more fish, we'd probably eat fish too, too. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, I know I I don't want to talk too much about me and Ramsey too, but like I I wanted to bring this up because it's a lot of people do start and fail, and it's crazy to think that. We're on episode 50 now. And so there's people that have been with us all along to actually witness us fail at a, at a, at a thing. And now hopefully, you know, I'm not going to count our chickens before they hatch. We're only a month in, a little, little over a month. I want to see where we're at. I'm excited to see how much we will enjoy our, our... I'm looking at like our 4th of July boat trip. That's when I think like that's when we'll know if we really stuck to like... And, and I just, I know that Riley might be wearing a Speedo on that trip. <laughs> oh, most definitely would be wearing a Speedo. Uh, but uh, I feel, I know we feel better too. Like there's just so much. And and we talked about how much work we put in pulling them sleds out the other day. Like, and I don't know if you would have an opinion on this, Sean, but I really generally feel like before I started this, that would have been a way different. Like you've, you've hiked and shit with me before. I feel like it would have been way worse. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to, to to genuinely do it at all <laughs> and yeah and um sean just kind of for the listeners because i know we've talked about it as a person that's i mean you're a healthy guy i watched you run a seven and a half minute mile the other day what is your motivation for why you're working out pretty much i th- it's kind of tough because i mean obviously I could get in even, you know, I could get in actually good, good shape for hunting, you know, right? make, you know, I could hike faster, you know, I could hike longer. Um, and, you know, just like actually getting into having a, you know, me at 18 is a lot different than me at 25, you know, looking back on that. Um, and of course it builds like your confidence. I feel like a lot more too in you. Um, are comfortable, you know, with your body after seeing results and things like that. For me, I don't really have a outside of, you know, like I said, hiking more, hiking farther. I don't really have any set reason to do it. I just, so that it more or less is a lifestyle at this point. Like, like going to the, and I've heard this a lot from, like people that uh, are like, let's say you're like a gym rat or like a person like a what are they, like an inf- uh, uh, what do they call that like a a fitness influencer? Am I saying that right? Yeah. They talk about how like they can't imagine people that like a part of their daily routine is is going to is like not going to the gym. You know what I mean? And I think that's what we want to be get to the point where it's just like it's just like uh, waking up and putting your contacts in, taking a shower. It's the same thing. You go to the gym. Like this part of your, it's part of being a human. Um, 
But do you feel some sense of camaraderie this time around where the three of us are kind of like, you're kind of there. I don't know. I just feel like it's like a group thing now. Like we're, we're all helping. I mean, maybe not us to you so much, but like you being there to motivate us to not fall behind this time. One thing that I definitely like about um, the three of us working, I mean, we, we, Ramsey and I do somewhat work out together mainly, you know, we do similar lifts. Uh, Riley kind of does his own thing, but it's, it's kind of cool that we sometimes will find ourselves like all three at like a, the same, like the other day we were all doing shrugs, you know, and it's just kind of creates like a battle almost. Mm -hmm. And so that, I mean, all of us benefit from it. Um, just cause I think we're all very competitive and you know, it's good to see, I mean, that's outside of outdoors and everything else. Like we're almost bonding over, um, something that sucks yeah really yeah so it's kind of i mean that's cool too and i mean all we're all we're really trying to do is better ourselves and i mean it at the end of the day we all have the same goal we want to be better in, in september yeah and so that i think keeps it helps us push along yeah and i oh, go ahead sorry no no, no I'm, sorry, I'm sorry i thought i was gonna beat him to it but i didn't well i just I, there's a lot of good things that i have to say on this but go ahead but uh and I think a lot of it is not necessarily for the rifle hunting aspect of things, but I know me and you incorporated last year a lift that would build up our strength for pulling a bow back simply for the fact of like if you have to be on draw or full draw on something for an extended amount of time, you don't want to a lot. fail the hunt. Because you didn't put enough work in at the gym to be strong enough to hold your bow back, yeah. you know, because I mean, the whole thing could be this bowl could take a minute to a minute and a half to get in where you need it to. And the only time you have to draw back is when he's that minute and a half away. And if you can't hold it for a minute and a half, you're going to, you're going to blow that stock or right. blow that or make a bad shot. Do you or make a bad shot? Sean, do yeah. you find some, do you find a sense of like benefit from your and uh th i think this can relate to other hunting groups because everyone's of different shapes and sizes but do you see a benefit to your hunting partners getting more physically fit for what you you guys do as a group definitely like like does this make you like you're 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 like i'm happy these guys are doing this because it also benefits my experience i would say so um Sean's tired of waiting for me. At some points, it it that definitely crosses my mind, and I think one when you know you get into better shape and are able to not like not it's not saying like I'm some super hiker, I'm not by any right, case. or that we're not able to do. I mean, like yeah, we you shoot guys, animals, but yeah. like more able, right? And I I think it can. I mean, because there's definitely been times when Ramsey and I were archer hunting last year where he basically was like i really don't want to hike up that hill and i think that attitude will definitely change this september when you know he feels more confident um and i hope i hope that it uh eases my um eagerness that i think ramsey's gonna kill himself all the time falling <laughs> over trees and stuff i can't do anything about my clutchiness yeah but that, yeah but um, i can make it a little softer of a fall when i do fall <laughs> <laughs> there's been several occasions I thought I was going to have to 
carry Ramsey out of there. Oh, dude, I'll wear my hat next time and show him the hole where I almost had a but tree I, branch through the side of the dome. I think more or less it's it's going to benefit. Like, I mean, forget my mentality around it. I think realistically, it's going to benefit you guys. Like, you're going to enjoy hunting season more. I think. Yeah, which is crazy to think. I mean, but like, I think you make, you bring up a great point, and we've talked about this several times. I remember talking about this with Josh when the first time he was on the podcast, where there's several instances that you're in, whether it's a, a fishing, like let's say you're wading in uh, fly fishing, you got to wade miles in, or uh, a hunting scenario where if you had been more active, and I'm not even talking about hiking, I'm talking about there's situations where your body's not limber because you haven't stretched or worked it out in months, years. And so you're cramping up in situations or you're getting tight muscles and heart, like hurting muscles. Like if you need to, you know, I've been in, there's a lot of times when you're elk hunting and you have to stay still in a place where it's a very uncomfortable position, like where you're on your knees or like one leg or something where you have to be very uncomfortable. And the last thing you need is some sort of uncomfortable feeling in your body, whether it's a, a cramp or something like that from being out of shape. And I think that plays a lot into it where there's so many situations that I, you look back on and you're like, wow, if I just would have been more mentally strong and you say having confidence in your body, but being f- physically fit, m- more scenarios would have happened. Yeah. Successful hunting scenarios. I mean, I can think of just a few off the top of my head, but like like you're saying, being crouched down somewhere or being in a situation that's uncomfortable, there's definitely been times where I'm just like, I can't take this. Like my knees hurt so bad right now. And granted, the few times that I've done it, it never really blew any stock that I was super worried about because it was nothing that I was going to shoot, but... I definitely like had to move and then there goes the deer or there goes elk or whatever. But I mean, that happens to everybody though. Too. Yeah. I mean, whether, whether you're in Olympic shape. Or- right. But I think at the same time, there'll be a lot fewer and far between being healthy. I like, I personally like to treat outdoor activities like they're a sport, like hunting and stuff. And I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I like to know now going into it that like my body is able to go at it like a football game and before when you would sit and be a a glob of shit for six months and then go out there and just drag your boat in the woods and just think that you're going to you know that was the first couple years of bow hunting and i know there's a couple times where i went hunting with josh or something i thought i was going to (laughs) die literally hiking around and you know some i don't know there. I don't want to go too far in this because we definitely talked about this last year, but I think it's, like I said, it's interesting to talk about how the three of us met someone last year, got, kind of took it seriously, half-heartedly. It didn't mount to anything. And then a year later, we can discover, and like I said, it just feels so different this time. It feels like this, this is like life now. You know what I mean? The winds are changing, my friend. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think what's also cool is like Ramsey. What Ramsey and I used to do is we would battle on ideas. Like he, I would try to force him to eat what I was eating, and now we go to Walmart, do our own separate Walmart orders. We've actually discovered that we like a couple. Like Ramsey's found some things that I really like. That pasta's bomb, isn't it? Yeah, I do. I I don't want to get I, this is kind of nerdy stuff, like weight loss nerdy stuff, and a lot of people don't want to listen to it. But I will tell you. Ramsey discovered this. It's called it's Bird's Eye brand. 
So he did some research on it. It's frozen, which we don't. We try to stay away from frozen stuff with preservatives. Preservatives. Jesus. Preservatives. Uh, because like that's not healthy food. But this bird's eye company is the original frozen vegetable like food company. And over the years, they've progressed to a point where like their food is like just legitimately good quality, like as good as you could get. Vegetables. Um, the one that we like is have egg noodles, so it's a little bit healthier. Is that right? Mm, they're a healthier. They're a health. They're a healthier noodle. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's quality. And and what we do is a calorie deficit. That's what Zach came on here and talked about. So you can really, if you wanted to, which it doesn't fit your macronutrient. This is so much nerdy weight loss garbage, but you have to know it to be able to do it. Um, you, you basically have a pie chart every day. You try to stay within a certain percentage of your carbs, proteins, and fats. If that didn't exist, you could, to stay in a calorie deficit, you could eat 2,000 calories of pizza every day and still be fine in theory. But then you put in oils and fats and sugars and blah, 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 blah. Um, so Ramsey and I have learned meals that work good, but this bird's eye, you can have four cups of it, which when you're making food, four cups is a lot. Like realistically, like, um, and it's, it's only like 550 calories, which is crazy. So we get that pretty consistently. And how much you, you weighed four and a half cups. Wasn't it like, I weighed all my food for, I want to say it was last week's meals. I put all four, I took, I kind of in my head just divided the weight of all the containers because they're basically the same for each one. And it was like almost four pounds of food a day. Yeah. So like you get it, that's filling food. That's four pounds of under 2,000 calories, which we're doing. Our our thing is supposed to be 2,300 calories and under. But we stay around two thousand because then it gives us a little room if we want to have like I mean, a jerky even stick. this week I'm at like eighteen hundred I think yeah which whatever but what I found is I am the kind of person and all of my friends can attest to this I can eat an ungodly amount of food and not be full and as I've done this and progressed I find the need like I I know it. People talk about stomach shrinking when you stop eating the way you do, but it's legitimately what it feels like. Like my dinner, because we eat four meals a day. By my dinner, I'm like get halfway through it, and I'm like, dude, I'm full. Like, I mean, half the time I don't even eat my entire dinner meal. Well, I remember uh, Taryn is part of the lodge crew, and he has a brother that that's a big weight like a fitness guy and he would always Taryn said he would talk to his brother about us when we were doing like keto or something like that and uh we would do like i remember i went and did this uh thing at like a local what do you call like gnc and stuff that's like a supplement store and they have like the bmi index uh scales and stuff and they get on there and they give you a meal plan it would be like 1300 calories and i remember his brother would always be like they're not eating enough that's why they're not losing weight and it's like what that it doesn't make any sense, but it's like the way you do it. Like there's so much science behind it. It's mind boggling, but we're, we're lucky to have learned from Zach. And then we've oh, just yeah. adapted. I think what we've done now is we've adapted it to a point where it fits our lifestyle and it fits. And I think that's what you have to do. Cause like, like we would always butt heads about, you know, I would tell him 
like you need to work out this way or whatever because I learned it from football and like I've I've we talked about this last year I have lost weight before I did it very unhealthily like this is a healthy way to do it and what we've learned is like and Sean brought it up we don't always work out together but we come together for some things and that's really worked out for us like we can do our own workouts they're they're all successful workouts it's just our own way of doing them and the food is the same way and it's becoming more of a, like, I just, I'm ready every week to meal prep. It's not like, it used to be a chore. And now, like, every week it's like, oh, it's time to well, meal prep. It's just because you put a TV in the kitchen. I did put, I did put a TV in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it. But I don't know. I just, I think that the last half of this podcast, are we? Yeah, I think we're ready to, to close it up here unless anyone else has something to bring on. But, like, in conclusion, the last half was about two things that we're working on this spring that we want that we'd like to just keep keep an eye on it and we're going to share uh videos and we've been tossing back the idea back and forth for the last year about doing vlogs youtube vlogs and like short videos in a way and on those vlogs they would have this kind of stuff that we might be interesting which i i find interesting watching other people do it so i think maybe someone would find interest in the the boat project as well as uh you know fitness journey and what we do in the off season. And like I said, Sean does a, a lot of, um, working out too. And, 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 you know, it's, it's really, it's really cool for us Ramsey and I to have someone that, uh, you know, does it with us. So absolutely. But do you guys have anything else to add or Turkey raffle tickets are, I mean, Sean, mm. go grab our tickets right now. I will. We have, you have, you have headset on, so don't, uh, <laughs> Don't <laughs> don't fall on the. Uh, so yeah, tur- we have the turkey raffle tickets. Uh, we've definitely talked already about everything that goes into them, but um, yeah, here here they come. Sean's bringing them into the camera here. Oh, and there they. Oh, are. bring it back a little. There we go. Nice. Get the autofocus. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Um, Is that enough? Those are yes. Thank that's, you, that's Vanna fantastic. White. It's perfect. Uh, those are now available. Uh, Really, the four of us will have tickets. We're going to try and put them in some locations locally in Billings here. Yeah, and we're um, going to try to do some weekends where we're actually, you know, almost like a, I mean, we're not that famous, but like a meet and greet type thing. So if you want to come have or like a, a live podcast. Yeah, or if you want to come have a conversation with us, meet us, whatever, you know, we'll disclose that on all of our social media if we do get that all ironed out and whatever. And I think we'll have, so we have until March 24th, so we have two months. I think we'll probably do some fishing trips before then if we go to different cities i'm sure we'll try to you know if you're if you email us and you're from a different city we may be able to make it work to where we can bring tickets to you and try to sell in other cities and in montana too so we 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 really have a goal a high goal of selling at least 80 percent of these tickets if not 100 percent, because the more money that we sell the more that we can donate to uh starlight for sure uh sean and i have uh we kind of talked about it last week but we have a merchandise sale that should hopefully it's being delayed and delayed and delayed, but we're trying to get it. We'll, we'll drop it on socials when it really happens, but that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, definitely, definitely check out all of these podcasts are videoed now and they are posted on YouTube absolutely. every Saturday. They are. I mean, I've watched all of them. They're pretty, it's like, it looks good. Yeah. You know, it's the, such a better form of entertainment absolutely. than audio. Well, and, they they serve different purposes, but yeah. sure. and the more we do, the better we'll get at it at entertaining. Who who could I mean? If you listen to the podcast, 
on Spotify, you wouldn't have been able to see Sean's wonderful picture of his Ling tonight. No. And that's such an added bonus. It is. Absolutely. We still have five duck cows, duck calls for sale. Duck cows. Duck cows. Can you believe I have a podcast with you guys? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I think that's everything we have. For, oh, I have one more thing to add. I don't know if... He's the one more thing. Guy. I'm the one more thing guy. I don't even know if Sean got a chance to look at it yet, but I want to get a little bit more feedback from it. I've had some positive feedback. We've dabbled into the journalism part of mm-hmm. the media company, and... We'd like to continue it because we think that it's a good avenue for discussion to continue the discussion outside of the podcast and have more weekly content. But if you have a chance to go check out our website or Facebook and go read our first blog that we put out this week, um, it, it, I, are, I authored it, but the idea of the blogs is to have, and I will say it'll probably be mainly us three that would be writing these blogs weekly. Um <laughs> It was authored by Riley, but it's narrated by Ramsey on there. No. So, yeah, um, spell checked by Ramsey. Yeah, very well edited by Ramsey. I mean, yeah. there was still we missed a couple of words, but anyways, like the idea of it is to have like if Sean reads an article about mule deer migration. <laughs> How did I know you? Uh, in Montana, he can instead of having to discuss it with us, he can write an opinion piece on what he thinks. And then, you know, you guys that are part of our social media and uh, podcast listeners and stuff can, you know, write back and say, this is what we feel. And uh, we think it's just a cool avenue to, to talk to the audience and to really deeply, because it's more, it's more personal, really, when you write the blog. So if you can, you can go check out our first one and give us some feedback. Obviously, if it sucks, we don't want to keep doing it. Um, I, we plan, I plan to probably write another one this week. Um, I think it's going to be a in-conclusion ice fishing boys trip thing, but we'll check it out when we get there. But, um, so check that out. Uh, we're continuing to always continuing to always try to, he's spell checking himself in real life. (laughs) It's a sign. We're trying. I know I'm, I think that's a sign that the podcast needs to be done for today, but, uh, we're trying to always make everything look better and continue, you know, bring you guys as much content as we possibly can. So that's, that's part of it. So, um, I think with that, I think we're good for tonight. And uh, does Riley have one more thing? I don't have one more thing what? other than Ramsey is not going to be here next week. He's going we'll to California for ten days. Um, so it could be just Riley and I. It very well could be too. That would be very interesting. It's just us, anyways, every week. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, with that said, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you on the next one. See you later. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.